The medical information communicated in this podcast is of a general educational nature. If you are feeling unwell, please seek the attention of a medical practitioner. Any advertisements promoted throughout the podcast are not endorsed by the presenter or any of the guests interviewed. Hi there, welcome to MediTalk, a medical podcast talking all things medical in a way that you can understand. You're with Danae. At some stage or another as a new mum or someone caring for young children, you may have given a pacifier or a child has developed a thumb-sucking habit as a way to self-soothe, which all seem completely harmless and are quite life-saving for all of our sanities. However, should we be more mindful in thinking about the long-term effects of pacifiers and thumb-sucking on children's teeth and jaw development? Today I ask orthodontist Dr Sanjana from Class 1 Orthodontics to shed some truth on this very question. So we're going to speak about the truth about thumb-sucking and using pacifiers because they all give us sanity (laughs) if we, you know, we all have to agree, but I'm really worried about the long-term effects and I thought we'd have the conversation because I think we hear all these sort of old wives' tales, but best to speak to someone that knows. So what is normal teeth development in children? So uh, in children, the development of baby teeth essentially starts in utero. Um, At about five weeks gestation, the first buds of the primary teeth appear in the jaw. And at birth, a child actually has a full set of 20, so 10 upper and 10 lower, Um, teeth hidden in the gums. So the front four teeth, um, which is two upper and two lower, usually come through or erupt first, Mm. um, as early as six months after birth. Wow. So Um, they're even, yeah, they're they're ready to go at birth. I would Uh, never have known that. Yeah. And then the lateral incisors, which are the teeth on either side of the centrals, erupt around the age of eight to 16 months. And the lowers tend to erupt earlier than the uppers. So most children actually have a full set of primary teeth by the time they're about three years old. Okay. And so when would, a, when would a parent be concerned when they're not sort of by that age and they haven't come through? Or are yeah. there any sort of signs that maybe parents should be concerned about their teeth? Absolutely. So in general, um, that would be the sequence. Some children get teeth earlier than others, some a bit later. But if there are teeth that are significantly um, delayed, that Mm. would be a good idea to actually get it checked by your dentist. Yes. Also, some other things to look out for early on would be if a child is losing baby teeth quite early due to caries or trauma, or if the teeth don't actually meet properly when your child bites together, or any protruding or overcrowded teeth, any difficulties with biting or chewing, any prolonged thumb sucking, or if there is a family history of any impacted or missing teeth. Okay. And, I mean, I hate to be the devil's advocate here, but we lose our baby teeth, so do they really matter? That's a really good question, and that's something we often get asked. Mm. Baby teeth, even though they're temporary, they actually still deserve really good care because they are extremely important in helping the child chew properly and also in the development of speech. The first set of teeth actually hold a place in the jaw for the permanent teeth, which will come through later. And the permanent teeth actually move into place as these primary or baby teeth are shed. And if you don't take care or something happens uh, with your baby teeth, can it impact your growing up teeth? Absolutely. So if baby teeth are lost too early, often we lose the space for the permanent teeth that will come through and which creates problems um, later down the track, which need to be orthodontically addressed. Also, infection from decayed primary teeth can affect the permanent teeth that are developing underneath them. Yeah, so 
long and short, we need to take care of our baby teeth because it really can impact absolutely our, the teeth that we'll have as adults. Definitely, yeah. Okay. What sort of things can a parent then do to help their baby teeth? So it starts with um, really good dental habits early on. So the ADA or the Australian Dental Association recommends that you take your child to see a dentist when they turn about age of one. Mm. It sounds really soon, but not only is it a good idea to actually get your child used to a dental environment, which is quite a new and foreign environment for them, but also to uh, for the parent to have a discussion with the dentist about things like teething, um, habits such as thumb sucking, mm. um, decay and nutrition, and just good general dental advice as well. So what's your advice for parents about pacifiers and the use of them? So pacifiers essentially affect um, teeth in the same way as sucking on, on thumbs or fingers. Okay. But pacifier use often is a little bit of an easier habit to break than thumbs. Mm. If you do offer your child a pacifier, definitely use a clean one. Never dip a pacifier in sugar, honey or other sweeteners before giving it. Pacifiers ideally should be start to be weaned off by the age of two. And encouragement and praise are best to start breaking a pacifier habit. Mm. Praise your toddler when they don't use a pacifier and try and provide some sort of a reward if they go pacifier free. The really important thing is not to punish or scold your child when they're using a pacifier because this tends to have more of a negative effect um, for them to um, cope with the anxiety. So just try really positive, gentle options first. And is there better pacifiers for for a parent to use than others? I know on the market you can get um, things called orthodontic pacifiers, which tend to have like a rounded um, top and a flat bottom. Mm. Um, Some studies have shown that they are a little bit um, more physiological than others. But in general, the time frame of starting to wean off around the age of two would be the best um, way to yeah, start limiting pacifier use. Definitely and no liquids in them and cleaning them regularly and not attaching them to baby's clothes or toys or anything yes, like that. Yes, I have yeah. seen that. Okay, yeah. so try not to do that because that yeah. would then encourage children to keep using them. And it would be within easy access for them as well. Yeah, that's true. So in terms of thumb sucking then, so they're the same then? It's, they're as bad as each other or is one worse than, you know, is pacifiers worse than thumb sucking or either or? Are they both the same, have the same effect? So babies are actually born with a reflex to suck any object placed in their mouth and this does help them early on with um, feeding and it tends to disappear in around four months. Thumb sucking, however, is not reflexive and it's actually believed to be a self-soothing practice. Mm. So placing a thumb or another finger in the mouth provides children with some sense of security over difficult periods, such as when they're away from their parents or in a strange and unfamiliar environment. Because thumb sucking is relaxing, it also sometimes helps induce sleep. And that's Mm. why some children often may not actually suck their thumbs during the day, but in the evening when they're tired, they tend to do it more often. So there are no, um, usually no long-term ill effects from thumb sucking in early childhood. And most children naturally give up the habit between two to four years of age. However, if thumb sucking continues to occur once the permanent teeth have come in, that's when you start to develop a whole sort of host of dental problems. Because the two to four years of age is a normal time frame when most children give up the habit, mm. it starts with gently talking to them about it and just simple things like praise and gentle reminders and 
If they're sucking their thumb out of boredom, give them something like simple toys to play with to keep them occupied. Awards can also be helpful, create a chart, and each time your child goes a full day or night without sucking their thumb, they get a star. And after five stars, they might get to pick out a new toy or have lunch at their favorite place. Just simple things like that. A progress calendar is sometimes really helpful as well. And you can cross each day that they go without their thumb or finger. And suppose it's important to paint a picture. I mean, you would see in your practice. What do you see, worst case scenario, if you, if as an orthodontist, if you have a child that has, you know, they haven't actually sadly got out of the habit? What are the implications that you would see in your dental chair with these children? So you tend to see a combination of dental or orthodontic issues. Commonly, upper teeth are quite protrusive. Mm. So where the upper incisor is actually tipped forward and occasionally the formation of the jaw can be affected, Mm. which can lead to the upper jaw and upper teeth sort of protrusive. Lower teeth can be tipped back. So the pressure of the thumb forces the lower incisors to actually tip um, back towards the tongue. Open bites are common as well. This is when the upper and lower teeth actually don't meet when the back teeth bite together. And the shape of the opening between the upper and lower teeth may often match the child's finger or thumb that's resting in there. Um, Cross bites are also common. The formation of the upper jaw is too narrow for the lower jaw, and so the upper and lower teeth don't actually fit together properly. This can occur as a result of the flexing of the cheek muscle when the child is sucking their thumb. So it's important to be careful when breaking the habit such as thumb sucking. Children often use this as an emotional crutch, Mm. and so we must really be sensitive to the um, psychology behind the habit. And so punishment and nagging is not the best approach. You really need to be patient, persistent and encouraging. Yeah. In terms of uh, the implications to the baby teeth and also you're talking about the protrusion of the teeth and that would then affect speech in these young children? Speech can be affected um, if the teeth and the tongue is not able to function in the way that it should be. So sometimes it's a combination of orthodontics and speech therapy that may be So are they having braces at a really young age then? Young kids that need it corrected? Um, There are, braces is one option, but there are a few other options. Um, So essentially it's a good, if the habit continues into um, say age six and above. Yes. um, So we need to look at conservative measures. And if those haven't worked, there are other options as well. So you can have some unpleasant tasting nail paint on the fingers. Um, band-aid over thumbs, commercially available um, thumb guards. And the next step would be um, the simple encouragement and positive reinforcement options and then progressively move to options like the nail paint and those sort of things. And if those still haven't worked, then it might be time for some orthodontic appliances. Yeah, Yeah. sure. So you were saying under um, two is very reasonable, um, quite normal for thumb-sucking in children. It's the same with pacifiers. Do most children grow out of it, um, the the need of a pacifier? Yeah, it's good to start to wean off the pacifier around the age of two years. Okay. What's your advice you'd give parents to try and prevent your children from needing braces? Are there sort of tips that we can give that um, parents might need to think about that they can do to prevent and get lovely straight teeth that we all want for our children. Yeah, it's natural to want your teeth to have a beautiful smile as soon as possible. From birth. (laughs) Wouldn't that be ideal? (laughs) That's right. 
But in reality, there's no one um, best age to undergo orthodontic treatment. It really varies from child to child because it depends on the issue that's being treated or um, develops. One thing that can be said for certain is that an early orthodontic and an early dental evaluation is always a good idea. It's always good to have a chat with your orthodontist to check if there are any problems present and talk you through the best course of action to put you and your child's mind at ease. And so how young? I mean, I'm seeing now we're in the practice, everyone, and I'm seeing some school kids coming in now. So how young would a parent, you know, be thinking about, you were saying, is it as early as a few years or is it once they get to school? Yeah, so lots of parents want to know when the best age to take your child to the orthodontist. So we recommend generally between the age of seven to 10. You don't need a referral. You can just book in a, a consult with your orthodontist. Is that like a normal checkup? So they're coming for a normal dental checkup or what is it? So there is a difference. Yes. Um, with seeing your general dentist for a checkup, um, the ADA recommends around the age of one is oh, okay. good. So yes. they get into really good dental habits really early on. And um, to see an orthodontist around the age of seven, because that's when you've got a combination of um, some permanent teeth and some baby teeth in your mouth. And it gives the orthodontist a chance to assess the things like um, the bite and any habits that may still be present. And also gives the parent a chance to understand what may be involved in the future. So it doesn't mean every child at the age of seven will need orthodontic treatment, but it is definitely a good time to get an assessment or an evaluation. And I think that's probably what we think of when we think of going to an orthodontist, because I know you just associate it with braces, but what you're saying is that actually, if you start at seven, then it could almost prevent needing braces if you start with building a relationship, just getting a, a good understanding of the growth and development of your child's teeth at a young age yes. can be better yep. than waiting until you really need to see an orthodontist yeah. when they're a teenager and, and it, their teeth are having problems. Yeah, it really depends on lots of factors. Yes. So some things can be addressed with early treatment yes. um, or early intervention and other things may be left best treated until the child is a bit older or even as an adult. Yeah. And if you're a a parent with bad teeth or you've, you know, you've had issues yourself, does that mean you've passed those, that on to your child? Because I think sometimes we worry. Yeah. And you do hear that quite often. While some dental traits and types of bite have an underlying genetic component, the way teeth bite together is thought to be essentially a combination of both environmental and genetic interaction. Um, which then leads to the development of the craniofacial complex. So good dental habits are really important and it's important to start early. Essentially, it allows the parent to talk to your dentist about teething, brushing techniques, bite, habits such as thumb sucking, risk of decay and nutrition. Mm -hmm. And essentially, yeah, starting to have early assessments with your dentist and your orthodontist. Okay. What sort of diet tips... Um, should parents consider with small children and the effect on their baby teeth? So, especially with young children, early childhood caries is become it is quite common. What's that? So, decay to your primary or baby teeth, okay. and sometimes happen, may happen because children are often put to sleep with a bottle and or sweetened yes. drinks, and those are quite nasty because essentially your child's teeth are bathed in sugar the whole night. So, and that can lead to quite rampant decay, which may lead to 
having to, uh, needing those teeth taken out, mm. starting with really good habits, um, brushing. Um, so how reducing. young do they brush their teeth? I mean, so the moment they start appearing, or from when the first tooth starts to appear is when you should be brushing. Even if it's only one or two, getting yeah, the yeah. Brush. It's more so to get the child used to the idea of brushing their teeth, and that's a very normal thing. Mm. Yeah. Okay, that's and good then to know. absolutely limiting the amount of sugary foods, acidic and, and sticky foods. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about those little? I often see children with those yogurt. You know, and they they hold those in their mouth. Yeah. yeah, quite a bit. Are they full of sugar, or it's just being mindful, I suppose, how much sugar is in yeah. those things? It's not only the t the amount of sugar, but it's the frequency of intake and the amount of time it stays in your mouth. So, sort of um, using those sort of products where they sort of suck on those things for extended yeah. periods of time is definitely not a good thing. What sort of uh, procedures are young children having? So it depends on the type of bite they have and the type of orthodontic issue they have. When it comes to prolonged thumb sucking, one of the things that we talked about was, for example, a crossbite. Yes. And, and what is that exactly? When is that when your your upper and lower teeth aren't yeah. So when your upper your upper teeth um, at sitting in an upper jaw is a bit narrower than the bottom jaw, that's when your upper teeth don't fit together properly. Okay. So essentially, we look at things like expanders in the upper jaw, um, which can range from a removable plate to a plate that's actually glued to your teeth. Or now there's even options with aligners um, where aligners are also used to help with the expansion. Also in terms of things like the alignment of teeth, those can be addressed as well, partly to in, an, in the early intervention stage. When there is an issue that can be addressed early, we mm. want to get in and be able to address that and reduce or minimise the problem or the extent of the problem that might occur later. Often some kids have teeth that are maybe quite protrusive as well. Um, I think plates um, can help reduce the protrusiveness of teeth because often they tend to be more um, prone to injury, particularly during sport, contact sport oh, and things yes. like that. Or um, they may also cause a child to be self-conscious about their teeth. So those are certainly things we can look into at an earlier age um, whether it's through the use of plates mm. or braces or aligners. Um, and uh, there's also now Invisalign has a product called Invisalign First, which is specifically targeted at young kids. Oh, right. And in terms of a country that loves AFL and loves everything contact sport, have you seen a rise in, is there many kids coming in with, you know, injuries from the sporting field with their teeth? When I was working as a dentist, I actually did see a f on Saturdays, especially Saturday afternoon, whenever there was an emergency, it was, it was really sad because you'd yeah. see these, you know, 14, 15 year olds that have never had any fillings, but they come in with, you know, the front two teeth knocked out and it was just, wow. yeah, and it wasn't, and they weren't even necessarily playing footy that day because obviously yeah. we now wear mouth guards and yes. things like and that. And that can help mouth, a good mouth guard can actually Absolutely. help Absolutely, yeah. So that's something that I think is important for parents to know is really invest in a good mouth guard to prevent injury to teeth when they're out on the field. Definitely, yeah. Yep. Okay, well, thank you so much. There was some good takeaways for parents out there. So. Just to summarise, quite normal to thumb suck and use pacifiers up until the age of two, so don't get yourself too distressed because I think perhaps if parents are worried, they might get stressed about that and then, you know, sometimes yeah. that could make the habit worse. worse. Yeah, you 
don't want to introduce stress and anxiety. You want to have that as a really gentle, pleasant transition out yeah. of the habit. Yep. And then most often than not, children will grow out of it. But if that's not the case, you know, don't uh, feel worried about speaking to your dentist or your orthodontist about maybe some other little techniques to wean them off it. Definitely. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Danae, for having me. For more information on Dr Sanjana and Class 1 Orthodontics, please visit class1ortho.com.au. If you feel this podcast episode can help a friend or a family member, please share. As remember, by sharing knowledge, it empowers ourselves and others. And if you like this podcast episode, and if you could spend a minute just to write a quick review on Apple Podcasts, it is a huge help to giving independent podcasts like Meditalk a real hot go. For more episodes, head to meditalk.com.au. Thanks for listening.